The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Learn to quiet the noise of the ego and connect to the truth of your soul. Join former monk and host of the Practicing Human podcast, Corey Mascara, for Living in Alignment, a weekend workshop live stream, live from Omega Institute's campus in Rhinebeck, New York, June 28th through 30th. Rebuild your life from a place of embodied listening and quiet knowing. To learn more and register for this live stream, go to eomega.org thrive. And you know, the thing about Donald Trump's chart is usually there is something like a saying about Gemini's. This is one, you know, of the bad reputation of Gemini's in general, that they have two faces. Welcome to the Mentor TV podcast and stay curious with Patricia Falco-Becali. Welcome back to another edition of COVID-19 from Crisis to Creation here on Mentory TV. I'm Patricia Falco-Becali, your host. Well, D-Day is almost upon us. 3rd of November 2020, really important day, U.S. presidential election. Significant, of course, for the U.S., but perhaps more importantly so for the entire globe. So we have to talk about it here on Mentory TV as well. I don't know about you, but did you see the debate, the first debate between President Donald Trump and Joe Biden, the contestant a few days ago. Well, I don't really want to comment on it. But one thing for sure, it made me remember 2016. I got it all wrong. I never thought that Donald Trump would make it to become president. Wrong. I never thought that polls would be that misleading. Wrong again. And I never believed that an American electoral system would actually allow for a person to become president despite being really outvoted by the election, by the voters themselves in a democracy. Wrong again. So who to turn to this time around in terms of guidance, hints, or potential clues who could become the next U.S. President. I looked up, I looked to the stars, and there the inspiration, of course, was. Why don't we just chart President Donald Trump's zodiac? What are his chances of winning this time around? What do the stars, the energy say? And who better to invite than Alexander Graf von Schlieffen, the top astrologer here in Europe, to invite him back here, I have to say, on Mentory TV to ask all these questions about President Donald Trump and his chances. Well, Alexander, thank you so much for joining us again here. Thank you. It's a great honor for me to be back on Madrid TV and especially for this particular issue about the election in one month's time, kind of. Yeah, in one month's time, it comes uh, quicker than we all think. But um, President Donald Trump, he's a Gemini. Let's really drill top down for all of the, those people, all of us that really don't really know much about the science of astrology. Tell us a little bit about what Donald Trump is about in terms of his star sign. And then let's drill deeper into, let's say, the, the 50 shades of gray that he has within his personality. Yes, uh, Trump is a Gemini, although he is a bit more than a Gemini because he is a mixture of a Gemini and an Aquarian. Because his sun is conjunct with Uranus, and Uranus is a planet uh, about, that, that is always about change. It's, it's also about development, but it's basically about change. And that means he's somebody wh whom you can't really detect as a person, who will always kind of change direction as you try to get to come up to him. 
Then he was born under a full moon. So that means that also his moon is in connection to this planet Uranus. And you know the thing about Donald Trump's chart is usually there is something like a saying about Geminis. This is one you know, of the bad reputation of Geminis in general, that they have two faces. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is kind of something like, it's like an a evaluation of the sign. If you take the origin of Gemini, Gemini is about learning. It's about the early stage of learning. When you look at, you know, when you see children growing up, they take everything and they look at it. And in order to understand it, they have to look at it from two sides, mm -hmm. yes. from every side. Yes. And they keep low. And as soon as they have understood the function of something, they drop it and they go to the next. It's like the cat that plays with a ball, and once it has understood the function, it keeps going. Mm. So Gemini in itself is not a bad sign, so to say. But when you have, and this is very interesting about the chart of this man, he has two completely different sections in his chart. Mm -hmm. He has a very successful and It's hard to say that because I don't like to say that in terms of this person. But there is also something brilliant on one side and there is something utterly dark on the other side. So it means he's trying to navigate these two sides, never let them show off together. And from that perspective, you can say he's a typical Gemini in the worst sense of the word because he's a double-faced personality. But on two extremes. Two extremes. Either totally good or totally bad. But he can't be totally good because he has, he has a constellation. He has two constellations that are among the most successful constellations that somebody can have. It's called a trine between the sun and Jupiter and a sextile between Jupiter and the moon. Both are classical symbols or aspects of big success. But, and the other planet, this Uranus, makes him clever and tricky. Mm -hmm. So he knows how to navigate things in difficult times because he will always jump away from one situation into the other one. That means when I change position, you can't detect me anymore. But the thing is that when this planet Uranus is, is strong in a chart of a person, it means there can be something like a brilliance to that personality. You can have brilliant ideas, brilliant insights. But when this planet is too strong, it makes you detached from the ability to have human feelings. Uh-huh. So And a lack of empathy. Sorry? A lack of empathy a total lack of empathy. And so he has, this is very interesting, he has this incredible successful aspect on his sun-moon opposition, on his full moon constellation. And at the same time, there is a total detachment. That means this success is built on a lack of empathy. Mm -hmm. And there is also something in his early childhood that you can see in the chart that must have been on some level so painful that he decided rather not to feel in order to keep going and to protect himself. This is a very, very strong signature in his chart. 
Well, that's an interesting one. And I don't know whether, if I may interject, Alexander, if you, if you read Mary Trump's analysis, she's a psychologist, about Donald Trump. And she was talking about the influences of his father and his mother, his mother being sick and very much wrapped up with herself and his father being, you know, a steamroller and also not being very, very present. And he was sent off to academy school very early on. And I think that lack of potential parental love, especially in the early years, might have caused exactly what you're saying. Yeah, but the funny thing when you look at a birth chart is the chart is there before the experience is happening. Yeah, true, true. There you go. <laughs> so he was born with that constellation. And from that perspective, that's the fascinating thing about astrology. The question is, does, it's a question, does your soul choose, chooses a certain environment that attracts the experiences that you need according to your birth chart, to the information that you can find in the birth chart. But what's the answer? You know, the thing is, if I would have looked at his birth chart when he was born, I would have seen this complete absence of empathy because he, he, there is a deep fear to feel. He has a very, very deep fear to feel. But since he's a Gemini... He can act playfully on that in a way that people don't, I mean, most people do realize, but many people might not realize that he doesn't want to feel because he's, he might be like playful or have a good argument or be, you know, have a certain kind of rhetoric that might be convincing in a particular situation. Um, but his biggest fear is to have a deep feeling. And this is, very interesting information that somebody who has a deep fear of deep feelings has a very successful constellation on the other hand. Mm. And this constellation is around money for the ones who know something about astrology because the planet Jupiter, the planet of abundance and success, is in his second house. And the second house is about what you own. It's about your money. It's about your material foundation in life, but also about your value system. That means that his personal value system is a bit, um, is very generous with himself. <laughs> in a diplomatic way. Definitely not with the tax authorities. <laughs> very. But you see, then we look at the rising sign here, the ascendant of a chart, because the ascendant says, this is what your life task is about. And his rising sign is in Leo. That means that his life is about nobody else than he himself, just him. Yes. So if, I would, if I would have a new rising, I would say my life is about me, myself, and I, as they say in, in, in the United States. So for him, uh, the idea to become significant is also a psychological compensation of his deep fear to feel. Mm. Then he's got the planet Mars also in Leo on the ascendant. And, the, and Mars is the energy and the willpower and also the idea to affirm. I mean, it's the, the willpower, the male willpower where you want to win and affirm yourself. Yeah. And that means that the ego forces, his ego is incredibly big. It's bigger than his belly and his haircut. You know, and that means that his ego is the driving force for everything does, everything he does, 
to compensate the fear of deep emotions. It's, it's very interesting, especially if I may pick up on that, what you said, that actually the chart comes before the confirmation by any kind of analysis. I'm currently reading um, the book by Michael Cohen, who is, of course, um, was the, the lawyer for many, many years of Donald Trump. And he says exactly what you said early on, Alexandra. He said, you know, he has this dark side that can be kind. He is this cold person that can be warm. Um, he is is uh, as somebody that doesn't have any friends it's, it's surrounded by a lot of people and you know it really accumulates and kind of proves what you are reading in the chart which are there or the chart that is there already since his birth yeah and it's you know the thing is when you do like I mean like say traditional psychology you make you ask people about their past and they you know you try to find out the story of someone and then you You build your psychological image of this personality. Mm. When you do a birth chart, you don't, you don't have any information. You just look at what's written in the stars. And that's very interesting. So this is a very, uh, let's say, it's, a, it's an almost, it's a question about fate and free will. When you look at a birth chart, who chose this chart? Mm. You know, mm. did the soul itself chose the birth chart? But this is a question I would never impose on anyone. Mm. It's a question that any, when you deal with astrology, it's a, it's a daily question. It's also something like an unanswered question, but it, it's, like a, it's really a daily important discussion with the planets, with life and the soul. You know? Yeah, no. And in terms of Jupiter, you, were, you mentioned Jupiter in his chart as well yeah. and uh, the significance of money, attracting money and abundance. If you look there, yeah, he was always able to attract money and build something with it. However, now uh, talking about reality or the latest revelations, it seems that he has been losing, I don't know, a billion in 10 years or even more. And whilst he was able to always attract money, it mm. kind of went out as well. So it was just in order to build the Trump brand or himself or feed the ego, but it really didn't generate any long lasting value. He's not born. To, gen to create something that is of lasting value because it's all about himself. And maybe his historical function is to be a projective figure at the end of a 200-year Earth cycle that's going to end on December 21st and then we're going to swap into the 200-year air cycle. And he might be somebody like a representation like a grotesque representation of the end of the Earth era. And maybe the world needs a figure like this to let go of the Earth era and to enter into the air era. You know, this is a very complex thing. Can you quickly, quickly um, repeat what one era actually means and represents and what we are moving into? Yes, yes, I will. You know, the thing is, whenever we talk about astrology, it's going to be going on for hours. In astrology, we work with the cycles of the outer planets. You know, people think this is an idea, it's a projection. But, you know, when you look at time, every time unit is, um, is, uh, is uh, how, how do you say, is defined by the movement of the planets. In 2020, we have four major cycles ending and four major cycles beginning. Mm. 
And this is something that happens every few hundred years, not every few 20 years, every few hundred years. This is such a rare phenomenon. And that means so many things come to an end, but that also means so many things will begin. Sure. And when you look at the cycle from the from the physical aspect in terms of the female 28-day cycle, at the end of the cycle, there's the cleansing, the bleeding, the getting, letting go of the old, cleaning, and the preparation and the anticipation of the new. This phase is highly important. We have neglected this phase in our Western culture for the past few hundred years because we have lived in a world where we thought Time is linear. Yeah. Time is just about faster, higher, and better, you know? And I will say something where this comes from in terms of the cycles. So the past two years, from 2008 and 2019, it was the bleeding of four major cycles. This was the end. And in 2020, on, on, this, on January the 12th, and then April 4th, November 12th, and December 21st, the new cycles will begin. But what we have in the middle of the year is that two cycles began and two are still bleeding. So we have this incredible situation of something coming in that might um, anticipate something or might introduce something new, but at the same time we are facing the end of something that's even bigger than what began. So of course there's a confusion. And the biggest cycle is called the old king is leaving the throne and the new one is coming to reign. Mm. This is the Jupiter-Saturn cycle. The Jupiter-Saturn cycle has been the most important cycle in the past thousands of years. And they say that the star of Bethlehem was a Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, a major Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. And the funny thing about this, I'm sorry, but I have to explain this because then people might... No, it totally makes sense. No, you have to put it into context. No, context, yes. no story. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no context, no sorry. Cheers to that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction is taking place for, for about 200 years in, in, in one element. This is something we found out. It's nothing, it's no esoteric thought, it's a phenomena. So this has been going on for years and years. So it's like 200 years in the element of fire, 200 years in the element of earth, air, water, blah, blah, blah. And so every 800 years, there is a new beginning in the elements. And that means that every 800 years, this is a real major, major, major kind of new phase beginning, but also every 200 years. Mm. And that means that in 2020, the, from 1802 until now, these Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions, this, uh, the small cycle is about 20 years. So in 200 years, we have about 10 sub-cycles in the major cycle. So the, the, the kingdom, the, the, the royal uh, conjunction, was happening for the past 200 years in the element of Earth. And from December 21st on, it will happen for the next 200 years in the element of air. And this is an incredible shift. What does it mean? Earth means the material world, the earth, the physical body, capitalism, the industrial revolution, the development of the modern exact science. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a time where the technical development, the technical 
um, the, uh, evolution has been incredible. Yes. We have developed technology that is breathtaking for the world. But we also have used as energy resources, we have used all the resources from planet Earth. And planet Earth is ringing a bell now and says, hey, watch out. You know, I also need some energy for myself to maintain the whole system. And um, Earth is also about the predominance of the number. The number means you can quantify something. Mm -hmm. Not qualify. It's not about quality. It's about quantity. And that means that everything that you can measure by numbers has, is part of reality. And everything you cannot measure doesn't belong to reality. So we can also say it's been a great time for the development of the economy and business and technology. But it's been a dark middle age for spirituality. And content. And content, therefore. Thank you very much. And um, this is coming to an end now. And what's happening on December 21st is it's the beginning of a new kingdom, the air kingdom. And what is happening when a new king is coming up to the throne? Somebody's going to put a, a, a crown on his head. And this is called the coronation. I don't want to say some parallels here with the coronavirus. It's the thing. The coronavirus is part of the coronation of a new kingdom, of a new epoch in, in humanity. New era, new cycle. People think that the virus is a cause, and a cause creates a crisis, and we have to fight the crisis, and hope we try to fight it, and then it's going to be over, and then we're going to go back to where we have been before, and we're going to continue. This is a complete error. The coronavirus is not a cause. It's um, something like an agent of a transformation from an earth to an air. Almost kingdom. like a catalyst. Almost like a catalyst. Thank you very much. It's a catalyst. It's not a cause. Many people start to see that already. You know, because when a new era is coming into the world, it doesn't happen unless you pull all the plugs. And what was happening? A lockdown. I mean, literally, a lockdown means stop. Yeah. And people were facing situations they hadn't been facing for 200 years. Yeah. The time. People had time. Had to ask themselves, what do I do with the time? What is the meaning of my life? What is really important for my life? So this situation is creating a transformation that is necessary but I think most people don't yet understand yet mm. that it's not about a crisis, but a change of an epoch. But in the course of next year, and then you see, so you want to say something, sorry. No, 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 but uh, exactly there to interject, where basically you have the coronation, the coronavirus also being a catalyst. And you mentioned earlier on in terms of Trump, that he was also almost like a consequence, like the end of a certain epoch, a certain era that is bleeding yeah. out. And he's basically like the dot on the eye. Did I, did I interpret, interpret that right? You inter interpret this perfectly right. Couldn't be any better. You would get the best valuation <laughs> at the university. Yes, and then, you know, look, the coronavirus is on the lung. And air. it takes the air. It's about the new air kingdom. 
There was a long time where there were no planes in the sky. The sky was so clean. And you know, this is where I had this inspiration from the Corona coronation because I was at the airport, Tempelhof, and I saw this incredible blue sky and all of a sudden I saw a painting by Jacques-Louis David from 1802. It was called The Coronation of Queen Josephine by um, Napoleon. And I saw this, him putting the crown on her head and I felt like this is what happens when a new king is coming to the throne. And we talk about Corona all day long and we talk about air. So this is a different take. And so that means when an old time is coming to an end, what do the emperors of the old age do? They die. But they don't want to die. They don't want to die. They don't want to go. They want to hold on to the presidency. (laughs) Yes, they they fear the end. And they want to, they try to fight and pretend this is not the end. And it's, you know, and that is the, the, the situation that we are in somehow. Mm-hmm. It's the fight of the end of a 200-year earth epoch, of, a, of, a, of, an, of an epoch of materialism. And air means collaboration, not cooperation instead of concurrence. You know, earth means I have more than you have. Mm-hmm. And then I'm better. Mm. but I have to build a fence around myself because this is my stuff and yours is your stuff. Air means we cooperate, we work together. We try to find solutions on a new level, but that also means, air means, the different disciplines that we have created will be reconnected. We have had in the past 200 years a phenomena that, you know, economy, politics, I know they are always somehow interwoven, but you know, psychology, philosophy, art, spirituality, they were all disconnected. But usually in the whole history of mankind, this belongs together. Absolutely, we are a system. Yep. And we have a cultural system that is, has become completely self-referential. And unless you are in it and you, under, you mentally understand all the paradigms, you don't get it because it doesn't correspond to the world around it. So I, my understanding is in, this, in the next 200 years, the, the, the boundaries between the different fields of life will melt down and will cooperate more intensely. And that will lead to content. This is the gateway back to content. And that is exactly a point where I would like to say or ask, so what are the chances looking at Trump's birth chart and his chart in general? What are the chances that the leader that he revealed himself to be can really lead into this new epoch with air or would be the combination Biden and Harris the right combination? What, what do the charts say there? Well, that wraps up the first part of my conversation with Alexander Graf von Schlieffen on charting President Donald Trump and his chances of winning the presidential election. If you like the conversation, make sure to like and to join my channel. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. 
Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm. Do you have an online course or an event or a book you'd like to promote? We've got the right audience for you. Our listeners love content like the show you just heard. You can reach our engaged audiences by advertising right here on mindbodyspirit.fm, the podcast network, in shows about wellness, self-care, spirituality, angels, and more. Contact info at mindbodyspirit.fm.